Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. This week, we're talking about Bao, and we are joined Ooh. by our guest today, the Shuckmeister. Woo! Hello, hello. Shuckmeister, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Hello, I am the Shuckmeister. I've been doing YouTube for about seven years now. Whoa. I'm pretty Whoa. big on the uh, JoJo content, as you might know. <laughs> yeah, I do pretty much a JoJo generalist sort of take. Everything JoJo's and maybe some other stuff. Some new stuff is coming along the way. Can you give us a hint? Just sort of expanding uh, into different properties and a different analysis into different kinds of stop motions. I do, uh, like I said, a bunch of a bunch of stuff. I really can't <laughs> define my my channel in a box other than Shuck does things Shuck wants to do. <laughs> so is it kind of a Shuck around and find out situation? <laughs> yeah, Shuck. I, I gotta tell you, whenever I tell somebody about the uh, the JoJo Bizarre Adventure fandom, the first thing I tell them is there's a small series of videos called Things Iraqi Forgot, and then a much larger series <laughs> of videos debunking Iraqi Forgot. Yep. I just feel like that sums everything up right there. <laughs> and I also love all the videos that you do where you try to apply science to, to uh, actual stand powers. Oh, yeah. You're an engineer. I'm trying to remember. I know it's definitely one of the heavier STEM fields. Is it? I want to say nuclear engineering. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it actually? Shit, good for me. What? Yeah, you got it right. Did my undergraduate in physics engineering. And then for graduate program, I kind of switched it up. Nuclear <laughs> was close enough. And yeah, I, I thought <laughs> I would be working at like a nuclear power plant. I did my whole thing in power reactor stuff. And then I got a totally different kind of job in engineering. And I really, frankly, think it's a better job. Awesome. Yeah, I, I wanted to apply sort of my degree to JoJo's and like not only JoJo's, <laughs> there's a few other series that I, I do this to like Konosuba and maybe One Piece are coming down the pipeline. Oh, yeah. I was actually thinking about One Piece because uh, I was going to suggest if you ever did like a similar analysis on fruit. Because um, one thing that stood out to me is a devil fruit people kind of say is useless is that guy from Doflamingo's brother had like the silent fruit. Oh, yeah. Corazon. Yeah. And I feel like it would be really interesting because if you actually looked at the physics of how he applies silence, that means that he's removing all, I guess, kind of air. I want to say air resistance, but that doesn't sound right. But I think you know what I mean. And how right. that would be very interesting, how physics objects can interact if you took what actually literally is going on. Yeah, sound can propagate. Yeah. Essentially creating a vacuum. Yeah. I also think um, Jojo is a great thing to apply that to because Araki <laughs> is so specific. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it isn't just, oh, Dio can shoot lasers out of his eyes. It's, no, Dio uh, pumps the blood into his <laughs> eyeballs and it spins and shoots. Out. Space Ripper's stingy eyes. Space <laughs> even, Ripper's... As a, even as a name and everything. Which he forgets he can do in part three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a different body, David. Mm -hmm. Didn't he do it without even having his head at the end of part one? Oh, though? you're right. He <laughs> you're just his head. It doesn't make any sense. Where did he get the blood? <laughs> but maybe that's a good segue into yeah, actually yeah. getting into talking about Araki. So yeah. to go into the manga details, this series was created by a man who needs no introduction. Probably the mononym of manga offers. Yes. Araki. Woo! He is well known <laughs> for a series we have very much talked about. Cool Shock BT. That was it. You know, <laughs> uh, Shockmeister, have you had a chance to read Cool Shock BT, by the way? I actually have not. I know when our email, you were sad we couldn't do BT, but we had a fantastic mm. episode with our guest, Tucker. Yeah. And it's it's a very, very different, but very Iraqi approach. Yeah. So definitely, if you have a chance, it's also only like, I think, eight chapters. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Also, uh, the main character is literally Koichi. Yeah. Like, it's literally, <laughs> yeah. his name is Koichi Hirose. Yeah. Oh, like, I thought you meant, like, he looks like him, and, like... <laughs> <laughs> and it also has the cutest manga ending of all time, where instead of being like he got canceled, the main character says, well, those are all the stories about BTM allowed to tell you right now. <laughs> so played it smooth, yeah. <laughs> and then Araki actually did tell more, didn't he? Old Cool Shock BT, that's right. Mm. He also made JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever. A, yeah, a little known <laughs> manga and anime series, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Shockmaster's like, my entire career is because of this man. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna try and talk about Bao and just start talking about JoJo the entirety of the episode, which I'm fine with. I mean, I think that's fair when you do someone who has a substantially infamous, probably one of the most famous comic ser manga series of all time. It's yeah. kind of in the framework of talking about his earlier work. No, absolutely. Because we're in a unique perspective where we absolutely adore mm. it because we haven't read Black Clover. My Hero Academia isn't really a substantially notable series in the framework of manga. Well, JoJo defines so many things about it. Right. It defines so many things about manga while seeming so different from every other manga that has ever existed. Right. It's like if Martin Scorsese tried to make outsider art. It's more like if, like, Picasso tried to make comics at a certain point, just in terms of his weird proportions and stuff. Like, I don't even take it as a negative at this point. <laughs> it's just, like, so interesting and strange and expressive. But, yeah, let's, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, we, I know, I know. This is the Bow episode. This is gonna be hard. This is all applicable <laughs> to Bow. It is, yeah. We're gonna wrap it back around to Bow. Yep. I'm gonna try and be Mr. We Gotta Stay on Topic. Okay. So staying on topic, though, this ran from May 1984 to February 1985. It ran for, okay, the chapter run of this series is really it's weird. Shona Jump as hell. didn't really standardize how chapters worked until like the 90s. So this mm. technically ran for 17 chapters in two volumes or nine chapters because some of the chapters, I guess they just kind of combined because I guess back then if like part one, two, three of a certain like the same scenario, they would just merge it into one chapter. I do have to point out, there was a point in this series where I was like, you know what? Of most of the series we covered, I think I would most like to have this one as a physical copy just because like of its importance and stuff and because I genuinely really like the art. Yeah, honestly, I would too. Yeah, because I mean, I collect the hardcover volumes and stuff of JoJo's and stuff like that. You'd put it right at the beginning of, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry to tell you, Shuck, that it has been out of print since 1995. Oh! <gasps> No but there, way. Yeah, yeah. What we're reading right now is like a very early 90s English release yes. of mm. Bao. It's so interesting. This is did not happen to like, like yeah. almost ever. And I think that's why the volumes are so strange. It's also why the series is flipped left to right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we mentioned on the on the early episode, they stopped doing that at a certain point when they realized that Americans could just read right to left. Worse comes to worse. It wasn't a big deal. I did notice that, too, while reading. Yep. I wonder if they'd ever retranslate it without flipping or if it's like probably good enough. It's kind of good enough, you know? Yeah. I think it's actually a good translation. Like, I was actually impressed yeah. they kept the currency as yen and left a note instead of just talking in dollars, which I thought would have been the style at the time. They mm. did like a surprisingly good job for like an old manga. I mean, this easily kicks the shit out of the Du Wang translation <laughs> <laughs> that many people had to suffer through. They ruined part four, yeah. I think Shuck, my first email to you, I signed it with have a beautiful duong. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally know it's legitimately pronounced duong, but like the memes have always been duang, so I always say duang. Like yeah, it's yeah. intentionally, it's like 
it's you got to be part of like that was old 2004 kind of like culture and like god i wish i i wish i was like into it back then Oh, let me finish this up, though. So this is also adapted into an OVA. Let's be real. We know that it wasn't because it was successful. It was like level E where it was just by a very famous author. So whatever is not a legitimate anime adaption in the sense that the series was successful enough to get one. Also, from my understanding, so the adaptation only covers like maybe the first two chapters and the last chapter. It like cuts a huge part of the middle. That's insane. Right, because I was looking up clips last night and I was like, wow, where is like all this stuff in the middle? They don't have the mandrill? No, they do not have the mandrill, unfortunately. If they don't have the mandrill, I don't care anymore, to be honest. That's that's sad. All right. But Jordan, <laughs> now that we're talking about cut content, why don't we tell people what the content that was cut by <laughs> listening to your wonderful plot summary? All right, let's do it. The plot summary. Bao is so cool. He has the power to shoot acid. He was created by performing evil science experiments on a 17-year-old boy named Ikuro Hashizawa and looks like star platinum with some schmutz over his right eye. The evil scientist who did it is named Dr. Hazy Eye, and he's working for an evil science company called the Judas Laboratory because Araki has never understood the concept of subtlety. Ikuro is being held in a sci-fi containment tank that's being transported somewhere via train. Also on the train is Violet, a nine-year-old little girl with MK Ultra style psychic powers, which she uses to escape from her room. As she does, she's pursued by a guard and releases some dogs who get kicked in order to remind you who wrote this series. <laughs> Violet releases Ikuro, who transforms into Bao and kills Hazy Eye's assistant, escaping from the train with Violet. Violet's guard is then killed later for allowing their escape, and she washes up on the shore a couple days later. They mentioned that at the start of the chapter and that was like a whole mystery thing. Anyway, the two are pursued by a guy who looks like Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Crocky. A little bit like Whole Horse too, honestly. Whole Horse beta, that beta version. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Part horse. Part horse, yeah, only a part horse. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say his name, but he has a helpful name tag on his jacket that says Scarface. <laughs> While he's trying to sneak around and be subtle, he's just got a name tag. He just has a name tag. This is set in the alternate universe where Rocky went with movie names instead of song names, I guess, to name everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, he started that at the beginning of part one. You know, uh, Dio Brando. It's the same kind mm. of thing. He hadn't gotten there yet, though. He realized that music was better later. <laughs> anyway, Bao kills him with acid, and then Violet cheats at horse racing because they're broke as fuck. Well, Dr. Hazy Eye reveals that Bao is actually a parasite living inside Ikuro's body, which gives the host immense powers. However, in about 110 days, the Bao larva inside of Ikuro will transform lay eggs inside of him, and then when they hatch, they will infect the entire world. But thankfully, the series was canceled way before that happened. <laughs> Araki demonstrates all of this by killing a dog, by the way. <laughs> I know, yeah. Nine chapters, I gotta kill a dog in at least half of them. <laughs> it's crazy how on brand he was so early in his career. Right? Meanwhile, Ikuro and Violet find an abandoned house, but are attacked by the Judas Laboratory, and Ballet just fucking pulls a dude's head off, like just rips it off. It is brutal. The duo are then confronted by a fancy mummy who has a trained mutated mandrill named Martin that can throw spikes and shoot poison gas and a grappling hook out of his mouth. Bao defeats him by pulling out an engine from his stomach and destroying it, I guess? Popcorn David. <laughs> 
it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna guess Martin was probably short for Martin Squ- uh Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. <laughs> Just makes sense because he went with Christopher Walken later on. It's actually yeah. Steve Martin is who it was. You see, like you know, Chris Walken, Steve Martin. You know, like he went by last name. So. Oh, you're right. Got it. <laughs> by the way, just a heads up, Jordan Per Tucker. He wants to know it's pronounced Bao. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> it's Bao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I should be saying that Tucker is correct. Thank you, Tucker. Anyway, <laughs> Ikaro and Violet <laughs> come up <laughs> on an old man and his wife who take care of them and let them stay at their house. Unfortunately, a dude named Colonel Durudo shows up and uses a brainwashing machine inside of his robot arm to make the old man want to kill everyone in the house, including himself. Bao defeats him and tears off half his face so that he looks like a Terminator. He escapes by transforming <laughs> into a hang glider and kidnapping Violet. Hazy Eye still tells him he sucks at his job for not killing Ukro. Okay, but he did transform into a hang glider, right? Like, that literally... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that lady from Hunter Hunter just fucking yes! turns... <laughs> Ikuro gets a motorcycle and decides to rescue Violet from the Judas lab. But first, he has to save a girl about to get run over on the train racks. Like, this is a 1920 silent movie. <laughs> Turtle gets sick of being called bad at his job, so he attaches a sniper rifle to his arm and shoots at Ukro, who blocks the bullet using his fucking motorcycle as a shield. Hell yeah, Jordan put that all in caps. It was awesome, dude. <laughs> it was awesome. It was. Giant dude <laughs> appears at the Judas lab. His name is Walking because Rocky hadn't decided on the kind of references he would make. Uh, hey, I'm walking here. And hey, he's I'm like, walking. The, and he's like the strongest psychic ever. The first thing he does is, is execute Dorodo for being bad at his job. This <laughs> popcorn shot. Okay, Bao goes to rescue Violet from the evil laboratory, but is stopped by Walken. Bao sends a broken knife through Walken's brain, but it only makes it more dangerous by knocking off his headphones. He was listening to them sick beats right there and just, oh yeah, he got super pissed that he couldn't anymore. So Dr. Hazy Eye activates the base's OSHA required self-destruct sequence. God damn it, OSHA. <laughs> I don't know why, but every single science base in the 80s, they were like required by law to have a self-destruct sequence after the metroid accords yeah. after the metroid accords yeah well i'm exactly, glad they yeah. abolished osha over this right <laughs> yeah it was a big deal i remember that yeah yeah <laughs> without his tunes Walken's raw psychic energy his raw psychic energy is unleashed yes. unintentionally killing the scientists who are trying to escape like it's black mesa bow leads Walken into a cavern under the lab where he tells violet to escape bow then plugs a damn laser cannon into his own wrist and uses it to cut Walken apart oh, this was my favorite part of the whole thing yeah <laughs> so good the lab then explodes, taking Hazy Eye and presumably Bao with him. Violet lives with the old couple who raise her like their own daughter. She says that using her psychic powers, she knows that Ikuro is still alive and he's just sleeping at the bottom of a lake. But we won't see him again until Araki decides to release the sequel, Bao Old. Fuck off, George. <laughs> so cheesy. I like how she literally says when he's this, when I'm the same age as him. Yeah. Yeah. So Araki can write a romance between the two. <laughs> kind of weird. You know, it probably would be a better romance than Attack of the Clones, but I'm not expecting by much. It's like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> it's like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> Still a better romance story than Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> what if you made a crossover where it's about old shock beating? <laughs> he might, all right? You're just giving him ideas by saying that. 
And instead, they just waited too long, and now she's like 80 years old. Why do you think he's been on break for like nine months already? Because <laughs> oh he's got to find out what the fuck a lion is, because one didn't show up in part nine. <laughs> Yeah. I know it's Jojo Leone, but come on. He drew a tiger I, as an arbitrary example of a big cat. I was like, are you, you had to have done that on purpose, Iraq. Yep. Yeah. I think he trolls the readers a lot more than people realize. Just sort of says, yeah, I, I'm going to do it this way. It's <laughs> like, wait a yeah. minute. Uh, there's like a, another person named Earth, Wind and Fire. It's like, oh, there is. OK, I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> Whoops. Whatever. I really respect that about Iraqi, actually, because what he's able to do that a lot of people don't. And he's able to do this specifically because he doesn't give a shit. If something isn't working, he'll just do something else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think that if he didn't do that, Jojo would just get bogged down in all this shit. Like the thing about it is like people, you know, bring up, oh, Rocky forgot this, Rocky forgot that. Jojo would not be a better series if it made more sense. Yeah, it's not like One Piece where it needs a super tight continuity. But anyway, sorry, we, we need to talk about the characters, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need to talk about the characters. So the first one is Violet. Very clever. She reminds me a lot of BT. So shock. I'd be very curious if you agree when you get a chance to read that. OK, yeah. BT, a.k.a. The Adventures of Young Dio. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> she has a sixth sense. And as Jordan has noted, she has MK Ultra powers to cheat at horse racing, which I think was one of my favorite moments in the series that it was so good. She used her psychic powers to earn money because they were broke. It was done in such a uh, in a rocky way. Anybody else who would do this would be like she's sitting there and she just puts her hands on her head and she's like, ah, that horse will do it. But no, Araki shows them with like a fucking handmade Ouija board. And she has to ask permission <laughs> from like the psychic force. She's like, will you tell me right. who the horse is? And he says, yes. Yes. <laughs> so good. It's a little bit of a far cry because I know like Stone Ocean's coming out right now and everyone's excited for uh, Anasui and Diver Down Ooh. to be in this next batch, right? And I don't yeah. know if you guys remember, there's a part, it, I, I guess it's going to be in the third batch, but like he just uses his stand to like phase into like some cash register and pull out a bunch of cash <laughs> and run away. <laughs> I love that. Actually on that, that was my favorite part of part four when Josuke realizes I can make a fuck ton of money with my stand. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think in the conversation, I would think that he has the easiest stand to just make a ton of money without, like, being wanted by, like, the FBI. Mm. Yeah. For having, like, Supernatural, because he could just be the world's best repairman. Could he also uh, cut money in half and then make it duplicate, but no, it would just fly back together and turn into a different denomination of money that is completely useless? Yes, it's mm. turned into half Canadian, half American money. <laughs> yeah, Wait, how'd I yeah. get a $9 bill? <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Wise guy, why don't you tell us about Professor Hazy Eye? Professor Hazy Eye, he's a scientist, man. He just does science experiments. Sounds like me. <laughs> this was actually you, Shuck. Yeah, yes. I, was, I imagined you there the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But specifically, I would like to point out, he says multiple times, and it's very specific the way he phrases it. <laughs> he wants to medically and militarily dominate the world. That is his stated goal. Yeah, science, bitch. I just love that it's specifically, <laughs> we want to be super strong, but like we also care a lot about medicine and we care about helping people yes. here. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> but Shuck, do you mind telling us about the other protagonist of the series? Yeah, Ikuro Hashizawa is our big protagonist. He's he's, he's uh, Bao. Yep. <laughs> and he yep. is a biological weapon, the ultimate biological weapon. Absolutely. He's got some supernatural abilities. He can dodge bullets, kind of Matrix style. He is a human and monster form. But the Bao is the worm inside of him that we mentioned in the summary. Yep. That's going to like break open and we're going to see it. <laughs> right. 
There's one brief moment of backstory where uh, Ikoro just has a flashback or something. Yep. And he remembers he was in a car crash with his parents and mm. that's how he got where he was. But there's just one, a single panel where Ikoro is in the backseat and he's holding a banjo. <laughs> and his mom and dad are like, hey, Ikoro, can you just play something on the banjo? <laughs> and that was right before they got in the accident. So I can only assume that Ikoro played the banjo so poorly that they got in the accident. You know, Araki probably had a page dedicated to proper banjo technique, and the editor was like, yeah. we don't have room for this, you need to cut this page. It's like in part four, when he has a page dedicated to talking about a guitar character was used, <laughs> and they cut it from the anime very wisely. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. This is still reminding me. So Cool Shock BT really shook. It existed because he had like a book of magic tricks and he would just randomly uh, think about a magic trick and be like, how can I make a manga chapter about this magic trick? But Rocky has just never changed in his entire life. <laughs> I also would like to point out Bao says Baru, which reminded me a lot of Ri from the early series, you know? Yeah. It's very similar. I will say also, I miss when JoJo was first coming over to America, they translated the Ri as like, Ri! But then, like, in every anime adaptation, it's just the guy going, Uri. Uri, yeah. Uri. Now that's cool for me. I want them to, like, scream it and shit. But yeah, uh, also, he has PTSD from falling in a cold lake as a young child. It matters exactly one time, and it looks exactly like the scene from It's a Wonderful Life, where the main character falls into the cold <laughs> lake. It's like the exact same thing that happens. <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. <laughs> He probably just watched that movie right before writing that part of the, like, right? the manga. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of things that don't matter at all, they have like a sidekick <laughs> raccoon thing. I don't remember this character showing up. Right. I know. It's not yeah. in your plot summary. So. No. What it's like is you're just reading chapter two and then the monkey from Avatar The Last Airbender yeah. just shows up. I really did like, look back. I'm like, did this guy show up before? I don't think he does. It was so odd. I was like, where yeah. the fuck is this character originating from? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Someone tell us about Walken. Okay, Walken is the strongest Psy warrior ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> the most powerful. The most powerful. His power Stra is maximum. <laughs> Straight out of Fist of the North Star without using his fist. You know? <laughs> He's like a bad guy from Fist of the North Star. If you just showed me the the panels of him in there and then said, oh yeah, Ken fights that guy and he just, uh, and he kills him, I'd be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Duh, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he also does have um, a lot of, like, sort of pseudo-proto-pillarmen's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of this has, like, pseudo-pillarmen stuff. That's why it's cool, but yeah. And yes, Christopher Walken. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go into why I failed? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So, Jordan, tell us... <laughs> I fucking... This is a great recording. Thank you so much for being up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know a good segue. Jordan, just tell us about what the series did <laughs> well. So this series, it has everything that made Araki interesting, as well as all of his flaws. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's a single flaw in here that you don't also see in Jojo Part 1 in some way. Like, for instance, it's sometimes really hard to figure out what happened yeah. from panel to panel, which I think is the series' biggest issue. Like, the characters kind of disappear, yeah. like Violet starts to not matter. Violet just ceases to exist for 90% of the series. She's important, then she's not, and it's like, oh, welcome back. Where were you? 
Even the oh, manga yeah. forgot she was important because the guy's like, you only captured Violet. What the fuck was the point of that? I'm like, my guy, she was, she's a fucking psychic. Yeah, she was captured at the beginning. They wanted her so bad. <laughs> That's a successful mission that you kidnap Violet. I also love like how uh, as soon as Violet gets kidnapped, we're just in filler. There's like a chapter where like this girl is like dealing with this fucking incel dude who's like being real annoying. Like a douchebag, yeah. And like a douche and shit. And then like Ikaro shows up. This is when Ikaro saves her from uh, the train tracks. But there's just no no snidely whiplash in this fucking part. Like it's not a part of the plot. I don't know why it's there. It's just like suddenly this is going on. Reason it's there is to show that he can finally have some control over his powers. Yeah. And it was set up in the most yeah. like predictable way ever. <laughs> that was the thing is it literally showed no progression like it was cool this like oh he's merging with the worm mm -hmm. yeah there are some things they mention in here that it's like oh that'd be cool to see like the fact that bow uh, apparently is going to uh, mutate into a bunch of bugs and uh, destroy the entire world that would have been interesting yeah i also feel like iraqi kind of midway through forgets about cool science facts which is half the reason why i thought this series was interesting because people just have powers and i'm like where's yeah. like half a page of exposition about how the cyborg works you know doesn't matter he's just a cyborg yeah. cyborg's real now <laughs> yeah. i want to hear how like mandrels are proportionately the strongest type of you know monkey but no it's just a giant monkey like god we got to get tirzu on this tirzu tell us how mandrels work <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> all the YouTubers, bring them all. Go into David's YouTube history and just grab everybody. I do support this. Yeah. Let's do this. But also, speaking of the cyborg dude, first of all, oh man, who's the Nazi dude from part two? Stroheim. Totally proto Stroheim. Absolutely. Yeah. I also really loved how he attached. Well, first of all, he shows up with his hand and he's got, he's like, I have attached a brainwashing machine to my <laughs> hand. Just stabs yeah. on the head and brainwashes them. <laughs> He uses the sniper rifle. It literally plugs into his robot eye. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like the series, as I talked about, doesn't do a lot of show, don't tell, where like characters are over explaining everything that's going on. And I feel like that was kind of the style at the time. Like even American comics had that issue, but it's still, I still think it's a fair criticism. That's something the show don't tell. Is he telling more than he's showing? Wait, which way do you want that? <laughs> he was over explaining what characters were doing. Over explaining. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Chapter one, there's a really good example where characters like thinking, oh, let me release the dogs as a distraction. Like you could have just had them release the dogs and then show people being distracted. Yeah, I would say, though, that he really didn't grow out of that phase for a long while. You <laughs> see that in a lot of JoJo's. Did he grow out of that phase? I'm pretty sure I he still did it in part <laughs> six. So I'm not sure when he grew out of it. No, part six, Dragon's Dream is just like oh, what comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I have to explain everything about feng shui for this like, two chapter <laughs> fight to make sense. It's like, wait, what Scientology, Tom Cruise, what's going on? Oh, the anime's just going to cut that fight. They're like, we, we don't have the budget to explain this <laughs> no, fucking. No, no, no. I still can't believe I thought it was a joke about the Lego ozone house in part eight. And then I actually got to that part. <laughs> and I was like, Araki, you have to fucking be kidding me. Oh, <laughs> Your yeah. stand is a Lego model of the White House. That he has to bury in a certain location and it causes <laughs> atmospheric pressure. You know, David, we mentioned before here, yeah, you know, I've seen, I've uh, read every part except for part eight. So as long as you don't talk about part eight, you're not spoiling anything for you me. You said you've read part of part eight. I read part of part eight. I don't think I got to that If part. he's halfway, he's not to Ozone, baby. That's a <laughs> ladder fight. I don't really care. 
not like they're at a toy store and you see Lego White House models and one of them turns yeah, out to yeah. be a stand. This dude just fucking has a Lego White House and buries set and that's the stand fight. No, I mean, that's the thing. I've heard it said before, uh, like Chip Cheesem on the Dogs Must Die podcast mentions this all the time, but it's kind of impossible to spoil JoJo because the shit that happens in there is so goddamn crazy that it's like, oh, you know that Dio has like Jonathan Joestar's body and like uh, can stop time or whatever. That does not actually spoil anything about JoJo for you. Like most people, I got into it through the memes and you guys probably (laughs) also got into it through the memes. Yeah, yeah. does and doesn't make sense out of context and you're like oh okay that's why like this vampire is so hot and has a crotch window in like his his outfit we stand our sexy vampires yes I think the reason why Jojo drives people so insane is that it has an internal logic to it. Like there is something, but it's impossible to like exactly figure out. So it's like things kind of make sense, but they don't really make sense. But then you're like, well, but like, do they? It's whatever the author wants it to be at the time. Only Iraqi can make Jojo's. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> there's also only one person I think that's qualified to talk about how good the series is. So Shuck Ooh. is our number one JoJo expert. JoJo scientist. Yeah, I'm the JoJo science guy. You're a JoJologist <laughs> is what Jojo-ologist. you are. JoJologist. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Fuck, that's really good. All right, <laughs> let's get into the positive. So this manga was so freaking metal. I mean, it is unreal. You go from like zero to a hundred so fast. (laughs) Like we brought up the paneling, the framing between panels, like it's a little choppy, but like when it hits, it hits really hard. And like immediately, I think back to the last chapter, it really blew me away because up until it, I was like, okay, it's good. I get it, but I can see why it wasn't that popular. And then the last chapter is just like, no, we're just going to go all over the place, blow everything up. Huge explosion, laser guns, shooting a guy in half. I'm going to plug a laser into my arm. (laughs) Dude. Halfway through reading this, I told David, pro tip, put on the Doom 2016 soundtrack while you're reading this. Ooh, yeah. Shuck, I don't know your uh, music taste, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say I'm the biggest metalhead in this chat right now. (laughs) Yeah, I would say. This was like some fucking metal dude (laughs) this was like brutal like man put on some goddamn metallica while you're listening to this some like classic shit some slayer And I think that ties into what it does really well is yeah. um, when it goes in and delves into that body horror and like even if the, the uh, characters are like a little off proportion here and there, like the art is really, really dang good. And it's yeah. so yeah. expressive and it's so fascinating to see how character designs that were, you know, you don't expect them to like have their faces melted off or whatever. Yeah. And they're like things disintegrated. It's just crazy. Nobody does body horror like Araki. He Mm. is so good at it. Part seven is just like a constant stream of body (laughs) horror. But you see that even back here in uh, part zero in uh, in Bao, where uh, it's this crazy thing where like he almost makes a cross section of people's muscles and they just like peel off. And it's disgusting, but like interesting, too. You know, it kind of reminded me of, like, Heaven's Door, but, like, what that would actually look like if, like, <laughs> your stuff was peeling off. Did you notice the part where he showed, like, a hand that was, like, decomposing, sort of, and, like, the fingernails were ripping off? Araki loves his fingernails. He does. <laughs> so, so there was that offhand comment to part zero. What, what's our take? Do we legitimately think this is part zero of JoJo's? 
I think it is. I think it is as connected to part one as part five is to any of the other parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. I can see it. Yeah, part five says it's like, oh yeah, you're you're Dio's son, right? Okay, go do your own thing. Yeah, we don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that regardless of whether or not you literally view it as part zero, I think that it's really interesting to read it as part zero. Yeah. And I think that you absolutely can do that. You just got to pretend that like the Kuro's name is like um, Ikujo Josh Hashigata. <laughs> That's what it is. The Ikujo Josephi or something. Yeah. No, no, Ish, Ishigo Hashigata. Hashigakata. Oh, yeah, I love those memes where it's like finding Jojo in Josuke's. And I know it's like some weird quirk of Japanese how it actually works. Yeah, yeah. 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 Unrelated to that, I actually also really like how Violet was portrayed as a very, I would say, positive portrayal. She wasn't a love interest. Yeah. I mean, she's nine years old, but she still shows a lot of autonomy. She is an independent character. She helps him substantially. And it's a shame she got kidnapped at the end and she became less important. But I think when she had chances to shine, she really was a strong female character, which, to be honest, Araki didn't do a very good job of for a long time in his career. No, he didn't. Interesting how he just completely forgot that he actually could competently write. And this is a child who doesn't look like a fucking monster creature. Right. Best drawn child Araki has ever made. (laughs) It's crazy. I don't get it. How did he get worse at drawing kids? He writes Violet and then he's like, oh, I'm going to take a break on writing characters like that until part four. It's like, (laughs) I'm glad she got a happy ending, though. She just has to wait seven years. Yeah. She has a family with this random old couple who they happen to run into. And it's like, oh, cool. I'm so glad they they just decided to take this random girl in that they've never met. Yeah. So now what were your favorite like little character moments throughout it? Ooh. Like I said, the horse race, I think, was just chef's kiss. That was the exact kind of like little character moment where it's not super important to the plot, but it is a good example of the characters applying the logic of the universe in a way to solve their situation that I found completely believable. Like they're broke. They have a psychic. Yeah. They can rig gambling. That's literally what I would have done in their situation. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. How about you, Shuck? What was your favorite little character moment? Even if it's super tropey and cliche, I do like the whole, oh, we got to monitor the pod that bows in at the, or that he's in at the very beginning. And then when it opens, you know, that whole sort of like reveal that, oh, you know, it's just a kid. And then, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, no, it's a kid. Alt F4, go back. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> My favorite little character moment is where uh, they find a gas station and no one comes out. I guess they're in New Jersey and they were expecting that. They're looking for a clerk there and Violet just kind of looks around and then just like steals a chocolate bar and just puts it in her pocket when no one's (laughs) looking. I really liked that. That's very cute. I love when Araki writes like mischievous kids. I mean, Araki loves doing his vignettes like the Highway Star fight in part four, which is probably one of the best parts of part four. Yeah. You learn about all these characters before Josuke kind of fucks with them because he's trying <laughs> yeah. not to get killed. And it's like so unnecessary to show the phone call the guy was having before he stole his cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate that he showed it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's those little things where it's like only an author this quirky would want to include stuff like that. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with the girl that got stuck on the train tracks. Like that is completely unimportant. And then Araki's just like, yeah, let's just look at this little uh, short little vignette, like unrelated to anything. And you're just like, how does this relate to fucking anything? It's great. I love Araki, man. So my last note is I also thought it was really clever that Bao has electric attacks and he was able to defeat the psychic who has matter destruction abilities. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Tell me the physics don't line up that, but I think using like layman logic, it makes sense that his ability wouldn't work against electricity. Araki does have the logic of a layman who's just got like a physics textbook right there and he doesn't fully <laughs> understand it, but like he, he reads it to get like some kind of idea. Yeah, or he reads the articles in like Science Weekly or Nature or whatever and it's like, whoa, that would be so cool to put in my manga right now. Yeah, <laughs> he must be number one pick for trivia out of any manga creator of all time. Yeah. Nobody could even approach him. Well, the last thing I really wanted to say was we've mentioned the art is great, but I don't think we've mentioned how amazing the backgrounds are. Ooh, yeah. There are some amazing compositions that just show like really, honestly, incredibly well done and very solidly constructed houses and machinery and like all this stuff where it's just extremely impressive. Right. It does stick out, especially like in the latter part and the beginning too, like the machinery and stuff like that. It gives you that feel, that kind of claustrophobic sort of feel that you're yeah. going into like the lion's den, so to speak. But I, I wanted to just top back just for a second about like the electric attacks and matter yeah. disintegration. You you see like these little analogs here or there between like, you know, your electric attacks could be like your prototype of Hamon and mm -hmm. your disintegration. That's a stand ability right there. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, that's what it is. It really mostly reminds me of how in part two, when the pillar men first show up, they're just like accidentally killing people like they're just walking through people and it's like, oh, they died, whatever. <laughs> the casual nature with which with Bao just kind of touches somebody's hand and then it just deforms. Yeah, just really reminds me of that kind of thing. Right, right. Oh, um, actually, this reminds me of a question uh, just before I forget. So one thing that our guest mentioned on Cool Shock BT Tucker, he thought Araki's art style is like him trying to kind of make two dimensional drawings of Italian sculpture. I'm just curious as we're talking about and praising the art. Shuck, what do you think of that viewpoint? So you can sort of kind of see it in some yeah. of the poses that Bao does. Mm -hmm. Less so with the villains. Yeah. They look like villains, right? They look like <laughs> mid 80s yes, kinds yes. of villains. But yeah, the beauty in the main characters and Violet too, like I can definitely see it. I think that sort of inspiration was you go to like part five, Golden Wind, you go to part six and it's clear yeah. as day there, right? He loves everything relating to Italy, like more right. so than like most other mangaka I've seen. Japanese people do absolutely simp for Italy, like nobody's business. I was there. I get it. Really? Uh, I got to go make my pilgrimage to the motherland. Uh, <laughs> I tried and I could not find it, the first volume of part five in Italian. Oh, man. So I got you on a copy of Chainsaw Man in Italian instead. I was very happy with it. But yes. <laughs> mm. yeah. Oh, man. There's so much to say about Cool Shock. But, I mean, yeah. not Cool Shock. There's so much. There is. There is stuff to say about Cool Shock. <laughs> right. Say my mom. <laughs> Shuck, my you can call your if you do content Cool Shuck BT. Cool Shuck BT. <laughs> <laughs> talking about where things ideas for the future let's go into where it could have gone so jordan please start us off what are some things that you think the series could have done differently i feel like this series for one thing it was clearly building up to something that it just never got to yeah specifically in 110 days bow's back is supposed to burst open and like a ton of fucking bugs are supposed to take over the entire world or something i'm not really sure what was supposed to happen there what if iraqi had gotten some long-term pursuer because mm -hmm. like the issue here is that mm. bow just murders everyone who's chasing him and that doesn't really build up like tension with like the enemy kind of what if they had like some dude just chasing them from like town to town or something that was my biggest issue too is there's no connectivity like this series 
series is kind of mm. like part three, where it's just a lot of miscellaneous stories. I guess it kind of has like a deadline, but it's so far off. It doesn't have the roadmap that part three had. Part three, yeah. you were going like location to next location. So that yeah. when you brought in those like minor antagonists, if you're reading it, I know people who watch it like say, oh, part three is way too long and sucks. Right. <laughs> but like if you're reading it, it flows a lot better. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think that was definitely an example of how Araki does learn from lessons, because I don't think he would have made part three with that kind of I don't want to say efficiency, but that's definitely a lesson he learned from the story is that the story was the same idea. Structure. Structure. And the series just meanders for its entire run. A Rocky needs structure, just like us. Yes. <laughs> How about you, Shuck? Is there anything that really stands out to you besides that that you think you would really redesign about the series? Yeah, let's see. The, the parasite sort of exists just to be like a plot device. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I think we brought it up earlier. It would have been so cool to see that it actually go somewhere a little different or be a struggle that Bao should overcome, at least be more visible than, you know, oh, I'm just merging with it. I'm going to be like my own unique thing. It's like that's every trope ever. Right? <laughs> that's the manga parasite with a Y. There you it go. Is. <laughs> Other than that, it is criminally like short, unfortunately, yeah. for the kind of premise that it has, right? Because you, you never get a sense of like how influential the Judas Foundation is, yeah. right? No, and you kind of want to see that because again, we look at like a prototype of the Speedwagon Foundation, right? I get it, right? Yeah. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> a one-to-one but this time they're evil Ooh. right <laughs> so i like to see that background stuff i like to see more about the world building i don't think there was too much about it no not to say like that the backgrounds we mentioned they were beautiful and stuff but like the sort of ecosystem the characters live in sort of works yeah that stuff's really interesting to me I completely agree. I also feel like it's kind of hard to talk about like what could have done different when you literally are like well jojo's bizarre adventure fixes a ton of these issues <laughs> yes yes just go read jojo it also doesn't fix a lot of these issues. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't. Yeah. I think part two and five, if I were to say, had the strongest connective tissue, but I kind of forgot about yeah. the road trip style of three. But the reason why I think five is the part I would say has the strongest connective, because it's the same idea where it's characters kind of on the hunt. There's just like a lot of meandering around and they have like lots of different abilities. But and ultimately, I just feel like part five really struggled all of the characterization. I feel five as a fixed version of this series, but five still had a lot of room for improvement. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, no part is perfect except for seven. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Every part has their ups and downs. You can see from some of the weaker aspects of Bao, like maybe one part does one thing right and has one flaw that's in Bao versus another part that has another flaw in Bao. So yeah. I could see um, maybe Maxi B. So we have a manga historian that works on the podcast. Oh, okay. He's well known for he actually does like a lot of like assistant relational charts. So it's like a family tree of assistants working on series and making their own stuff. And so I could I'd be curious if he'd ever have the time, Maxi B, if you're listening, to show like what you consider the connectivity between this series and the different JoJo parts. Ooh. Definitely let you know, Shuck, if he ever does get a chance, but not to put yeah, you on the spot, yeah. Maxi B. I'll ask him and then if he's like, I don't want to, I'll just cut the audio from this part. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> One last thought, though, I had just before we transition is I think the whole traumatic event where they ripped off A Wonderful Life, I feel like it would have been cool to have had a parallel where Bao was afraid of being like in water and being frozen because he's found in that tank. And I think yeah. that could have been the parallel is why it subdues him so well is he has like this mental issue with being in cold water because of that childhood experience and really could have made mm. that event actually matter in this series. And that's like ultimately a mental trauma he has to overcome. Like maybe he's like in a freezing room and he has to overcome his fear of cold temperatures to like break through and rescue Violet. 
Or maybe he's like in a car and it's like freezing and the car shuts down and he looks out the back of a window and sees someone who looks exactly like him pushing yeah. the car forward. Oh, shut up. <laughs> 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 and then he pulls out his banjo to get him to yeah. go away. Yeah. And then the car crashes. <laughs> All that's left is the banjo. The car is stuck and they drive over the banjo. <laughs> Like, I was never good at it anyway. Oh, that was actually Iraqi's first music reference, the banjo. Yep. There you go. Banjo. <laughs> <Our> music <laughs> instruments exist. Oh, is this a plot device? Is that yep. a JoJo reference? <laughs> God, oh, Ozzy Rest is dueling banjos. I will never look at banjos the same way. Yeah. There you go. We're already miscellaneous spots. Let's just form a transition. So, Shuck, lead us off. I know you said you've had a lot of things you're very excited to talk about. So my miscellaneous thoughts are as a person who enjoys JoJo, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you see goes where? And I know we brought tons of these up earlier in the discussion, so maybe I want to like summarize the biggest ones that stand out. So Bao being like some kind of amalgamation between Star Platinum and Cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The arm blades. That is just such a, <laughs> this is just such a JoJo thing, right? It's so iconic, even though like only, I think two characters in JoJo's have arm blades. It's just honestly the fact that they're gross little like things that are called like skin savers. Like that, even though it's totally different, it had like Space Ripper Stingy Eyes energy to it, kind of. I think Cars called his his bone blade. Oh, right. Cars had it too. Yeah. I'm not sure actually the second character you were thinking of was. So the second character is the final antagonist of part eight before oh, his stand had a design, like a solid design. The very base form, the very first time like you see the final stand, it's got these arm blades on it. And you're like, whoa, that's going to be so cool. I wonder what he's going to do with that. Oh, wait, nothing. Right. Rocky forgot. <laughs> it's like, okay, you wanted to change the design. I get it, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like seeing a nod, a wink and a nod there to like cars and part two and all the way to bow like that's just so great like for me as like a reader yeah i totally agree you know he does that a bunch in cool shock bt the main character's name is fucking koichi hirose <laughs> like yeah <right. laughs> it's insane all these prototypes of characters like whole horse yeah. and stroheim and speedway yeah. foundation and maybe I, I i didn't really see a one-to-one -one for violet specifically but that's good that you know that okay you can see where the inspiration led it's got its own sort of unique thing to it right i mean obviously i think that the uh, immediate comparison with her is um that uh the gross kid with harvest Shigechi. <laughs> there we go. Obviously, yes. Obviously, yep. So, you know, she steals money, you know? She steals money, yeah. Boingo is the one that has the stand power that's closest. Who's the Boingo in that situation, though? There's no Boingo. Boingo's in your heart. I'm talking about care. <laughs> <laughs> Uh... <laughs> oh, speaking of characters, Maxi P, our historian, actually gave me some fun facts about this series I'd like to just read off for all. Go ahead. Bao was replaced by Mr. Lion, a series set I know almost nothing <laughs> about because it was a huge failure. So Is Jojo Lion a reference to Mr. Lion? <laughs> oh my Jojo god. Mr. Lion? <laughs> Where's the Mr. Lion? <laughs> That's why it doesn't make any sense. Viz ran Bao as an individual comic series, as was the style at the time. He actually wrote that in his note, so I always appreciate mm. a good Simpsons reference. In 1990, that sold terribly. It was so pet. Viz didn't try and translate Jojo's Bizarre Adventure until 2005. <laughs> Oh, that's a shame. Wow. Bao is a playable fighter in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle. Whoa. I've never played it. Shuck, have you 
played the original one at like conventions and stuff mm-hmm. very casually. I know in All Star Battle R, which is the re-release, right? Yeah. Everyone was like a little concerned at first because he wasn't in any of the promotional stuff until relatively recently. Like, oh, he's back in the game again. Of course he is. Cool. <laughs> so now you can flex that you actually know who the fuck this character is. Exactly. If I ever get around to buying it, I certainly will. I'll be a bow main. <laughs> Man. That's what I'm talking about. Since we're in miscellaneous thoughts, uh, you're talking about the one that came out on the Dreamcast, right? That's uh, Was it Dreamcast or was it PlayStation? PlayStation. PlayStation. Um... Dio's animations from that got turned into a meme into, like that got turned into like a stick figure fighting thing. And yep. that is how I and most people in America first learned about JoJo. Yeah, that's 100 percent. Muda.swf yes. was the grandfather of all JoJo memes. Like before the Kono Dio does, before the Roda Roda does, yeah. right? That was a thing that I saw when I was like relatively younger and I had no clue what it was, but it was so like early internet culture just to see those things and store it in the back of your brain. And then you realize once you once you read JoJo, it's like, whoa, <laughs> right? Exactly. It was like, what? Wow, it's just a weird fighting game that they just pulled this bizarre attack from or whatever. And a it's bizarre like, attack. Bizarre. Oh, maybe you could go on a bizarre adventure with those attacks. Uh-huh. Last miscellaneous thought I had was also, wouldn't Baba have died in the acid chamber if they hadn't sent the spiders because he hid in their corpse? Yeah. Oh, yeah okay, just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was very plot convenient for the sake of being plot convenient. He cuts open a giant spider and hangs out in it like a Tauntaun from uh, Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars, yeah, from Empire, yeah. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. (laughs) But we only have 10 minutes left on the clock, so I just want to make sure. Does anyone have any miscellaneous thoughts, or should we go to Final Verdict? I feel like we've been getting our... Throughout the whole thing. Miscellaneous thoughts out throughout the entire episode. Half the notes that Maxi B we already talked about in the episode proper. Yeah! All right, so let's start finishing up with the final verdict. From the community for six word summaries, we have from Tucker, what if JoJo a pillar man? <laughs> My Google Doc did not like the grammar on that one. Um, <laughs> and from Ego, I'd rather bow reading JoJo right now. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote RN and stuff right now, so it is still six words. Yes. How about you, Shuckmeister? What was your six word summary? Bow rides motorcycles and looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That is accurate. I came up with that like all the way through, like up until the very last chapter. Like that was my entire thought. It's like Araki thinking like to the youth of the age, like how do I appeal to the youth? <laughs> he has not one, but two motorcycles. <laughs> motorcycles <laughs> are cool. Motorcycles <laughs> are cool. And it's just like something so simplistic like that is just summarizes like what Bao was about. I mean, motorcycles were part of probably one of the best parts of part four. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If a Rocky shows a motorcycle, you're going to have a good time. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> Jordan, what's your six word summary? Two dogs, colon, omaiwo munchinderu. Nani? <laughs> <laughs> Mine was, it's JoJo's extremely violent adventure. Yeah. Because it was, yeah, it was. <laughs> so there's definitely some fun six word summaries. I can't believe Araki toned it down for part one. Right? Honestly. <laughs> he only killed one dog. I mean, Jack the Ripper comes out of a horse, right? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of heavy, but, you know, other than that. <laughs> so, Shockmeister, would you call this a flop or not? 
It's kind of a flop. I mean, like I said, we say all these things that we'd want to see from it, but do we really want to? <laughs> like, I ended up <laughs> asking myself this question at the end of it. I was like, okay, I love this because I love JoJo's and I can see the through line. If I went into this completely blind, which a lot of people did back in the 80s, like, would yeah. they like this? And no, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think they did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it did get canceled. <laughs> Yeah. As for me, this is tough because, like, I'm in the similar camp as Chuck. I loved reading this. I thought this was awesome. Don't get me wrong, right? But I'm just thinking in, like, the bigger picture kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly, because, like, the huge reason I love it is because I see it in context with Araki's other stuff. Mm. Yeah. Having that context, it isn't just interesting, it literally makes the comic better because like, oh no, you aren't expecting a traditionally written series because you know Araki and you know that he does not do that. I would say that as it is right now, if you are a JoJo fan, then for you, this is not a flop. But for other people, and if this was 1995 <laughs> when I was reading this, I hate to say it, I think this kind of would be a flop. But yeah. yeah. Like, I can't ignore the issues, but I do love it. And I think it is good. I think the thing that Araki's able to do is he's able to do things that in every other manga, you'd be like, this sucks and ruins the whole thing. But the shit Araki does is just so out of left field that it's just like, well, now I just want to keep reading to see what the fuck he's going to do next. It walks that very fine line of being haha funny random lol, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's on yeah. a razor's edge where it could tip off like a little bit, right? And I think as you go through, uh, through JoJo's, that balancing act becomes a lot more stable. Yes. I completely agree. This is really, if you want a historical reference, and I likewise, I think this is a flop. I would say it sounds like all of us think it's a normal flop. Shuck, for reference, we have something called a certified flop for something that's complete dog shit. Oh, no, no, no. This is definitely not, not a certified flop at all. Since we all thought it was a flop, let's all go around and say, what should someone check out instead of reading this then if they're not, you know, such a JoJo head? So I, <laughs> speaking of Doom, Jordan and I were on the same way. I think if you want to read a stupid, violent comic, read the Doom comic Knee Deep in the Dead. That is Rip the entire Rip and Tear You've got giant cuts comic. It is complete dog shit. But my God, is that a fucking fun read where they drew the art and then wrote the dialogue later. That's the first time anybody's ever, ever said rip and tear. Mm -hmm. It was like a really stupid line. But the more it went on, everyone's like, I mean, that is kind of just what you do in Doom, isn't it? Yeah, it's perfect. They say it in the games now. <laughs> yes, they do. How about you, Jordan? Are you guys familiar with Ricky O, the story of Ricky? No, no. It was originally a manga, but I'm not familiar with that. Uh, what I'm familiar with is the 80s low-budget martial arts movie that got translated very poorly to America. So it has a really, really funny audio track with some great bad translation, but it is also one of the goriest movies ever made. Mm -hmm. And the special effects are also so low-budget. So it's like, <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, that's definitely not just like a clay model that you, you're just messing around in there. It's a similar level of violence and in a similar way to bow okay. is why I bring mm -hmm. it up. well then uh, yeah on the topic of movies like i could think of one to watch right instead of bow is like terminator right and you could see like terminator's yeah. influence like directly in the manga if you watch Terminator, someone recommended the mandalorian once so you're <laughs> really? totally welcome to recommend terminator as your recommendation 
That would be my recommendation, because you could see, like, uh, some of the body horror, some of the, like, psychological horror aspects. I, I mean, you know, a movie is much shorter. It's a little more straightforward and to the point about those things, but I think would be just as enjoyable. And especially because then I felt like Araki just watched the movie and was like, man, I got to include this in my manga. <laughs> it's like, well, I could just watch the movie, right? Yeah. Like, remember when Araki just, like, decided to make a, a ton of references to Steven Spielberg's first movie, Duel, oh. in JoJo Part 3? Three. Yeah, yeah. The fact that I got it is strange because I just weird and happened to watch Duel. I don't know how most people, I don't know if most people even knew that that's what, what happened. There's no way they did. I don't think so. Yeah. That movie rules, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, though, so Jordan, how can we compare this series to anything else? But Jordan, I think there is one manga we can compare. <laughs> Chainsaw Man? <laughs> cool Shock BT. I think this is better than Cool Shock BT. I think Cool Shock BT is very... Yeah, you know, fuck it. Yeah, I'll say this is better than Cool Shock BT. Ooh, but Cool okay. Shock BT is still a very fun series to read. Why do you think it's better? Cool Shock BT definitely has very rough writing. And like a lot of... If you think parts of the series didn't make sense, Cool Shock BT, like Araki wrote himself into a lot of corners in that series. And he just yeah. has shit that doesn't... Like, even I was like, that doesn't make sense. Mm. Yeah. You know how like that trap she has in the train in the first chapter? Yeah. That's essentially like what Cool Shock BT is as a series is a little kid tricking adults with like tricks like that. Okay. But imagine that. But sometimes the scenes just don't make sense. And then there was weird tonal issues where Nazis like legitimate pedophile Nazis show up in this series about like a kid that's like trying to deal with high school bullies. Okay. Absolutely insane. How you know they're the bad guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're Nazi pedophiles. That's literally what happened. He's not making anything up. <laughs> I think you will have a great time reading Cool Shock BT. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, but, but speaking of how things that are great involved in the Shockmeister, why don't we go to shout outs so we can hear more about everything you're doing in your world? Sure, sure. Shockmeister, I really, really want to say sincerely, thank you so much. It is always a treat. Absolutely. Especially having someone that I've been watching your videos maybe since the beginning. I don't remember starting point, but at least for even before you were in grad school. So it's really awesome to always make a piece of content with someone that I've been a huge fan of. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm very uh, accessible when people want to reach out and collab <laughs> on stuff. And I think that's part of like what I like about, you know, having YouTube as like a passion of mine. Mm -hmm. It really isn't my career, you know, even someone with the channel size of mine. You're literally a nuclear engineer, yeah. dude. <laughs> I feel like that job is uh, a little bit more important or some something else is calling me personally. <laughs> it's a little more impressive. Slightly, just a touch. Uh, yeah, but like they, these interactions, right? Meeting yeah. people and and hearing like uh, that, you know, they watch your content, they see your, the stuff that you do. It makes it worth it at the end of the day, right? Because you, you have people who disagree, you have people who make rebuttal videos, and it's it, <laughs> that's part of the internet space, the internet ecosystem. It can be fun, it can be irksome sometimes, but I, I try not to take it too seriously. So, and I think that's the right way to approach it. It's the philosophy on my channel. So you, you're like, okay, you asked about what projects are coming up. There's some big ones about uh you know some new stop motions that i've got in the works oh there is the greatest jojo theory you have ever heard and only came about because we have we know nothing about part nine <laughs> so i've crafted like why is part nine called jojo lands right that's one of the biggest uh videos i've been working on it for like two months wanted it to be kind of like ohara's video on like the best one piece theory you'll ever watch and i was like okay i'm gonna do the best jojo <laughs> theory you'll ever watch and it's gonna be great and it's gonna be irrelevant as soon as part nine comes out because it'll probably be wrong yeah right? that's completely fair <laughs> Fans, check him out on their YouTube. Absolutely. 
besides the uh, Jojo sphere, I mean, you can see I've I've been working on this other series. Um, it's about things that did it right. It's very vague in concept, like about what did what right, right? Mm-hmm. It sort of changes for every type of video, but it, it, I go through things that I'm so passionate about, whether it's the Blues Brothers movie, whether it's Fire Emblem <laughs> Three Houses. The one I'm working on right now, I'm finishing the script for is on Sly Cooper Band of Thieves, right? Nice. The second one? Yeah. The second one specifically, okay. The second one specifically, right? And what did these things do right? So I proposed like, okay, something like Three Houses, its narrative structure did that so well Mm -hmm. compared to like dueling versus simultaneous narratives, right? The Blues Brothers captured culture, just the culture of like one region, one area so well. How did it do that, right? And that's sort of like a sleeper series on my channel that some of the videos do really well, some of them don't. It's topic dependent. Mm -hmm. Those stop motion and stand signs are all the most well-received on my channel. This is why you're the best JoJo vi- uh, reviewer on YouTube, because what's great is I'll watch it and it's like I'm watching this thing on JoJo and then the guy doing it is just giving me these uh, science facts. It's just like reading JoJo normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen you and Rocky in the same room. That is true. I'm going to I'm going to lay a little little Uh-oh. little thing down. <gasps> it's, uh, I'll be heading to uh, Miyagi Prefecture sometime very soon. Really? I guess that's where Araki lives. So if I could uh, <laughs> slide into his DMs and get an interview. <laughs> have you been to Japan before, Shockmeister? I have not, no. Oh. It's going to be a new experience. So I went about three years ago. So I'm happy to give you some tips of what I did in Japan. I went to Osaka, Kyoto, and Tokyo. So more than happy to send you some recs if you'd like. Yeah, I'm definitely going to hit you up. But yeah, that's awesome. Also, I have one last question for you. Sure. I have seen people discuss that there is like a big four of JoJo YouTubers. And when I say that, do you know what I mean? Or is that like, have you heard that term before? When I was starting my channel, when I had like 7,000 subscribers back in mid-2018, right? Mm-hmm. The big three was like the Exports, Caleb, and Medi. Yeah. And now I think JoJo's is so big mm-hmm. that, yeah. uh, again, I was like the first different channel to cross 100,000 subscribers that wasn't one of them. Mm-hmm. But JoJo's has gotten so big. You have people like Bragan God, who has 400,000 subscribers Whoa. now, like blowing all of them out of the water. And he does probably the best JoJo edited memes. He's such a nice guy. Mm, that's awesome. I've met Exports in person and like he's really <laughs> chill and like I've always been watching his stuff and yeah. I love Exports. I think he's the other YouTube, the JoJo YouTuber I follow the most closely after you. Right, right. And so, yeah, that concept of the big four, I think it's sort of like dispersed. I think it's unfortunate recently because like because of these batch structures of Stone Ocean, the community's sort of in a tizzy right now. Mm-hmm. Like Exports is going into Chainsaw Man. I'm going in with like this new series of videos that I'm talking about. Exports is going into Chainsaw Man, you say? Oh, man. I do say, yeah, he's got some Chainsaw oh. Man videos. I've, I've avoided them because I haven't read it yet. I'm sort of waiting for the... Oh, you gotta. I'll watch the anime and then I'll start reading it, to write whatever. Oh. If you want to taste... So uh, Fujimoto does have two one shots that are not connected to Chainsaw Man that he made while he was waiting in between part one and two. And they are absolutely some of the best. I would say look back is probably the best 180 pages of manga I've ever read in my entire life. It's fantastic. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. We did an episode on it with Mother's Basement and we did a full episode literally on essentially three chapters of manga. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I also want to give thanks, though, to Jordan for making the opening ending theme, being a great co-host and helping with the editing. 
you are so welcome. I also want to give props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thanks to Dylan for assistance with editing. You can find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at animeoutofcontext.com. Not a shocker. <laughs> I want to give thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. I want to give thanks to T Root, Ozzy Rat, and T Wolfwood for being our awesome transcription volunteers. You can find them on our I site would... as they become available. Sorry, Joe Marino. Uh, I was about to say thanks to David, but since he interrupted me, I'm not going <laughs> to say it what anymore. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Also, everybody, please listen to my uh, my second secret podcast, Mission Ignition, where I talk about a terrible TV show I remember from my childhood called Vampires, and nobody else remembers it. And that's fine. Maybe it should be forgotten. But yeah, maybe it should. Yeah, check, <laughs> yeah. Out. check it out. I think that show, much like Jordan's other podcast, doesn't need to be watched. No, I'm just kidding, buddy. <laughs> oh, no. Well, yeah, you should listen to it. My friend Lewis is a huge asshole to me. <laughs> They were in the group chat and they were like, hey, new episode dropped. And I was like, oh, what podcast? And they're like, mine. And I was like, oh, I thought we were talking about a podcast people listen to. Oof, brutal. God, it fucking devastated them. Killed a guy. That's why I was like, oh, I guess you're not coming to Sarah's birthday party because you're dead. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of listening to podcasts, you can find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord. It's open to everyone, patron or not. Come hang out with us, talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. We also have a monthly movie night. We actually did the Blues Brothers as our movie night, I think, a month ago. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to stick around, uh, we, I think, are doing either Deadpool or The Incredibles this month. So Ozzy Rat, who's listening right now, has super awesome taste in music. So, or awesome taste in movies. So I'm sure she's got awesome taste in music. Movies with (laughs) excellent music. Yes. She has fantastic taste. So thank you, Ozzy Rat, for being a patron and also running that as well. And you can find a link to the Discord in the show notes on our site. LZ Red just responded, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and though, if you've been listening to this podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We have a ton of awesome perks like bonus episodes on Magu-chan, Lucifer, and the Biscuit Hammer. And based on this poll, Jordan and I are going to fully catch up on PPPPPP and see. Yes! Apparently, it is Ooh! the glow up of Shonen Jump, where it was yes! one of the worst first chapters. And it's officially too long now, Shuck, for us to cover on this podcast. Right. In the first episode, you listened to me talking about it. And I'm like, you know, this is like weird, but I also feel like it's possible that maybe this is some Iraqi thing where it's like, I was going to say, oh, the art seems really shitty. But then you get into it and you realize, oh, this art's actually extremely like expressive and just weird as fuck. And it turns out that's what's happening. So, okay, yeah. Shuck, are you familiar with that series? I am. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because you're a pianist as well if I recall. I am. I've been playing it's going to be uh, 19 years in Holy like a month. Crap. Whoa! Hell yeah! That is awesome. We can definitely talk about that when we're is uploading because that... I don't want to keep you any longer than we've had you. <laughs> sure. So let me read off our patrons real quick. So I want to give thank you to our Chainsaw Man patrons, Pterodactyl Ghost, and Quick Animal Fact. Most sharks do not attend church. Yes, one of our patron tiers is called Being a Chainsaw Man. Our second one is our Dolphin Dads, which is from Tracking Roving Animals for All Loving Girls and Raccoons Wolfwood, who is also listening in. Then moving down to our King of the Forest, we have Albie, Cram, Gabe Landau, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Josh Robinson, Marty, Rachel, my lovely girlfriend. She had another tummy ache, so I have to, like, So my girlfriend keeps getting tummy aches, but it's because she eats too much banana pudding so I can make fun of her. It's not like she has a medical condition. (laughs) Mm, mm. She brings it upon herself, these stomach tummy aches. I I get it. You can't resist. Banana pudding, pretty dang good, yeah. 
she's getting banana more banana pudding tonight. So uh, <laughs> I'm in it. So and then Scarlet Mirror Midnight T, the real jewelry, and the BB King, BB the, and that's everyone. You did it. I did it. Uh, fucking love it. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our first thoughts on the most recently canceled series in Shonen Jump. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Chuck. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm on a roundabout. <laughs> and then a... Okay. All right. <laughs>